Welcome to, what is this, episode 21 of Sim Sundays, presented by GridFinder, of course, you know, your weekly source for sim racing interviews, some chat, and some racing, except for this week we're not going to be racing because the USGP is right after us, and we didn't really want to compete with the F1 schedule out there because, uh, well, quite frankly, I want to watch it as well. Speaking of F1, today we have a very special guest, and this Instagram account, F1Wow, has 91,000 followers at the moment, so we're going to learn all kinds of creative things about growing an Instagram following and, and, and how he's managed to build this up. Today we have Mick from F1Wow. Welcome, Mick. Thank you for coming on the show today. I'm super excited to pick your brain about the growth that you've achieved over time. Yeah, thank you, Chris. It's great to be here. You know, I'm looking forward to getting my brains picked as well. And, you know, just a, just a bit of fun in an afternoon, so can't wait to get started. Yeah, it's gonna, it's, it's very nice to be able to sit down right before the GP, have a conversation with you, because, yeah. you know, I look at your 91.4,000, I keep looking over here because I have it sitting here, 91.4 thousand followers. That's like, I don't know, for anyone who's who's a content creator or a creative that likes to share things online, that's kind of like a dream. And I'm sure a bunch of sim racing leagues that use GridFinder to promote themselves would love to have 91.4 thousand followers on an Instagram page. How on earth did you do that? Um, it all just kind of came. I mean, it started, um, you know, the way I started following F1, I had a really good friend in uh, in school and it was just all he would talk about. He would never be quiet about it. So I was like, you know, I need to kind of jump on his hype train, see what <laughs> F1's about. So um, I just started watching Harley to some races, you know, instantly I was hooked. We were both watching the races together all the time. And that's when we both decided to have a little friendly contest, make a F1 Instagram account who can get the biggest so oh. we we so we decided to make these accounts and surprisingly you know we both grew to around about a thousand followers so by, 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 by that time you know he was just like you know it was a fun competition so he decided to you know not put any more focus on that page but you know I, I still kept going the kind of memo i had for my page then was to post kind of onboard highlights of f1 like for example okay. say if leclerc had a crash you know i'd post it on board of it so okay. yeah, like but the thing about that is like I directly took it from the like F1 channel, which back okay. then I didn't. I was only thirteen at the time, so I didn't understand much about copyright. So the copyright. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the page surprisingly got quite big. Now I was thirteen, and you know it had around fifteen fifteen thousand followers. Some videos getting you know over two hundred thousand views. So you know I was quite happy. I was like, you know, I've got a good thing going here. And then I wake up one day for school. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna post my you know daily clip today. Pa page has been deleted you know oh. everything i just worked um, worked for comes crashing down and wow. at that time no i had absolutely no clue i was like no why i haven't done anything wrong i spoke to my parents and they were telling me you know did you um you know look into any copyright i was like what do you mean copyright <laughs> i mean yeah i had absolutely you know i thought i was a perfect guy i you know the rules don't apply to me but you know the more i started looking into it the more i realized that was complete what i was doing was just like 100 percent against like their guidelines so of course so yeah yeah i got yeah my page got deleted then so so that's kind of an so, interesting yeah. thing so you know tiktok's exploding and yeah. instagram reels are obviously still super popular uh while there's some people out there that are saying instagram's dying or whatever right it's it's interesting to see some of the content that's out there because it's literally just ripped content from someone else, some other creator, yeah. some other big media outlet. And you're like, how do these people get away with it? But obviously it's just a, it's a matter of time, like in your case, before someone finds it, maybe someone reports it, who knows how and why you got uh, the target put on your back, but it's only a matter of time before it happens. Now, there was an interesting conversation between... I forget what creator it was, but uh, there was a developer that tweeted out something, and he said that uh, copywritten material is like gameplay as well. So everyone in the content creation world blew up on this guy because, well, obviously, you know, if you were to end game streaming altogether, that would be the end of sim racing leagues, that would yeah. be the end of Call of Duty stuff. What do you think is the next big thing when it comes to, like, copyright and how how strict people or not people platforms are getting with their yeah their i mean the bots kind of like, essentially there's so many f1 pages out there like you know most of the pages you know 
are quite, you know, friendly with each other. We all know each other as a big lad community. And obviously, oh. the one thing we dread is, you know, the FOM, Formula One management, you know, coming at us, you know, taking down our posts and stuff. So I can imagine the next thing being F1 just turning around and saying, you know, we don't want anyone to post anything about, um, you know, our races, our content. So maybe think fairly would, soon. I think that would know. be a terrible move, though, because... Yeah. Like they're they're struggling to grow the the global not even global they're struggling to grow the United States viewership of F one right yeah. they're 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 always wanting to attack the U S to get more fans here and removing content from the internet and only having your official content would probably be terrible because let's be honest I follow F one on Twitter and most of their stuff yeah. is just so commercialized it's not even really entertaining. Whereas an account like yours, it's much more entertaining. It's more of what the fans actually care about and want to see when it's a smaller creator. I say smaller creator, you're almost at 100,000, but you know what I mean. It's it's not so commercialized yeah. to where it just feels like a bit, big advertisement all the time. So I think that would be terrible. Honestly, there there needs to be a way for you to like become an official <laughs> F1 content oh, source, you know? yeah. I mean, it would be terrible if that happened because, you know, all these fan pages, all these, you know, for example, Verstappen fans, Hamilton fans, whatever they may be, if they just all just, if F1 turns around and says, you know, we don't want it to happen anymore, how are people going to, you know, express themselves, you know, like uh, creating memes, videos, none of that's going to happen anymore. So kind of like a huge part of Formula One the fans aren't really going to get a say in, in anything. So if that happens, then there's so many people that, you know, are going to kind of lose interest in Formula One or, People I feel like that would be into Formula One anymore. So that would have the opposite effect. That would yeah. that would make more people dislike Formula One than it would yeah. promote it and make it so that they watch the official channels, right? Because obviously, if they were to do something like that, their thought in some office somewhere is like, "Well, if we shut down all of the small creators, they they have to follow us and they have to look at this content that we put out." But what really happens in the real world is people go, "No, I don't want to. I don't want to follow that." Because I disagree with their their choices there, you know. So, in the world of sim racing, do you guys cover any of the sim racing stuff on your F one WoW page? We start we've started to recently, maybe over the last the last year, because we do have an an F one WoW league like um, on Gran Turismo, on Formula okay. One, and uh, especially our F one league. It's our most popular league, so we have around six hundred members, four tiers, like twenty drivers each, and we have a really big. Oh, wow prize pool as well that you, you um, yourselves contribute to you know we're happily sponsored by Gridfinder who are providing some sim racing gloves for their um, champion really know which our drivers can't wait to get their hands on but yeah our prize pool is worth like £1,600 so you know we really do have a large um, following in sim yeah. racing as well not just on on Instagram we have people you know every week coming to race we have streamers commentators we have everything so we're really happy to you know have um, kind of a dual following on Instagram, but on the sim racing track as well. So yeah, there really are some good opportunities, and obviously, it just shows how how big sim racing is becoming these days. And like, it grew so much. Obviously, it's hard to, I guess, hard to enjoy the fact that it grew so much during COVID because obviously yeah. COVID was a bad thing for the world in general. But what it did to sim racing is it kind of brought it into. I don't know if it's in the mainstream quite yet, to be honest. It's not at the level of like a League of Legends or Call of Duty or something, but it's definitely growing a lot. And the way that Formula One themselves are treating it, like we have the Alpine team, we have Williams, we have a bunch of teams out there that are actually focused on it. I think it's just, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger over time. Now, do you run your sim racing league? yourself or yeah, do you I, have I, someone I else that does it uh so i'm like you know like the owner of the league but we have a great team of you know admins stewards who kind of take care of um the general running of the league for example say if i'm not around because you know i'm running the instagram this and you know obviously general you know college studies as well so sometimes it does get quite a bit but you know yeah i'm thankful to have a, a great team that can help me with it yeah how has your experience running a sim racing league with the f1 games been recently because there's uh, been a lot of talk in the Gridfinder Discord among league managers, which if you're a league manager out there and you aren't part of the the Discord for Gridfinder, go ahead and join that. It's gridfinder.com slash Discord, of course. But there's some good conversation in there talking about how like the, the attendance is really down for F1 games at the moment. And the 
the completion of seasons it seems to be dropping off where you know you'll have a full grid in the beginning and then yeah. as the races keep on going people drop off have you been struggling with that managing your league yeah definitely i mean obviously how i told you know how regardless of you know how big or how small your league is eventually obviously what i mentioned earlier about a, a patch that f1 released lately that's you know just completely made wheels unusable so i can't believe the community in general yeah they're just really disappointed and obviously myself some of our drivers as well the game is just unplayable we've had the red flag like two races this season already due to like you know the lobby just crashing so i can understand that's... you know drivers getting um annoyed as the season goes on and just said you know what you know I don't want to race in this game anymore. We've had a lot of people, you know, just leave saying that they've finished with this game. You know, I, I understand it because at the end of the day, you know, since it's been acquired by EA, you know, so many more um, issues are coming along. So it's just a matter of when are they going to step up and start putting, you know, the online in league racing communities first before, you know, like F1 life, you know, these things that nobody really asked for. Yeah, the career mode and everything yeah. like that that they're so focused on. <laughs> I think that's the biggest problem with some of the the big developers, the triple A developers, as we say. You know, when they go and they buy a project, it they're only focused on the numbers that they're bringing in and the frequency of releases and being more and more sales. When realistically, if you if you sit back and you look at something like AC or you know even ACC, which is kind of like the the sequel that we get right now, yep. it's sim racing fans are loyal. Very, very loyal. I mean, look at AC. We're still playing it just because of the mod support. Obviously, we're never going to get mod support in a mainstream game like that because of cross-platform yeah. play and stuff. But they really need to start focusing on the player, you know, rather than the profits. Because if you lose all your player base, obviously, you're not going to get any profits. It baffles me that you say that they released a patch that broke wheels for a sim racing game. Like... How do you break a steering wheel support in a driving game? I know it's it's beyond me. It's like um you know selling someone a car that has no engine. Like you just can't right. use it. It was yesterday in a tier one race. We had some people um who were on wheels having to race on controller just because we just could not use their wheel at all. So it's That's... just a weird, you know yeah it's just a bunch of weird glitches that are coming up now. And like I mentioned before, it's just when I'm going to start stepping up and putting the online first because of how you know how much the sim racing community depends on it yeah it's the developer side of me is absolutely baffled thinking about okay so i know you can't possibly test every single incarnation of a sim racing setup that's going to be out there it's impossible right yeah but you think you would hit the big ones like fanatech obviously you know logitech if the wheels are broken and you're releasing this hotfix to a game how does that make it through QA testing? How? <laughs> I, I have absolutely no idea. Obviously, you know, I'm just I'm just as confused as you are. You know, many drivers in the community just unable to play the game at all. And obviously, as you mentioned earlier, that's just leading to people, you know, leaving leagues, just leaving the game altogether. And it's why, you know, some leagues, you know, also our league, why we're just struggling so much to, you know, maintain their um, consistent attendance throughout the season. Yeah, and... That's an unfortunate side of relying on something like like F1. So, is there another Formula One game on console at all? Not really, no. I mean, what you mentioned about AC, you know, you can get mods for F1, but, you know, you can't use mods on console, so... Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, everyone relies so heavily on their F1 game, you know, to race Formula One cars, but, you know, most of the time they can't because, you know, every week a new glitch will come out, so... <laughs> it's really, uh, yeah, it's just a live and hate relationship in the game, really. It's just a Russian roulette every single time yeah. you sign into that game to see if it's going to work or if you're going to yeah. be able to complete a, a race. And Wow. What glitch is going to come up this week? So, I don't know if any developers out there are listening, but there's a big opportunity out there for an F1 game on console. Um, like you said, luckily, we do have AC with the like Formula RSS mods and stuff like that, and there's a lot of other mods for formula cars that are just absolutely amazing on ac but yeah if if f1 the ea codemasters version of f1 was to die there would there's no other option because gran turismo doesn't have formula cars right do they no they don't they did in gran turismo sport they had a like partnership with mercedes f1 but that didn't carry on until gran turismo 7 so the closest oh. thing we have is the super formula cars but obviously you know it's a lot different so yeah 
Well, and then, you know, if you're a Formula One fan and you want to drive the Formula cars, you want to drive the cars from that year that you're watching yeah. on the track. You, you just do. Hence why Codemasters and EA have this property that releases every year and people buy it every year. It's because they want the new stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, that's... It's hard to, to glue yourself to a game like that. So what what is the general community... I guess, reaction, and where are they going for their racing? Or are they just dropping racing because they're only Formula fans? They go into AC, AC, you know, do you have your finger on the pulse of where they're, where they're jetting to? Most, yeah, most people just, you know, in over leagues that, you know, I'm quite close with, most people just, you know, leave the server and just, you know, refuse to play the game. Like, like I said, you know, most people are Formula 1 fans. They're like, you know, we can't get this, you know, we can't drive these cars anywhere else. You know, if you're a console player, you know, you you could you know get some mods for AC, but you know those on PC, and if you've got a console, you know you can't access them. So yeah. most people just either you know put up with this you know incredibly glitchy game or just don't race at all. Wow, that's unfortunate, and it it kind of it makes me wonder if it's a little bit more of a rage quit situation. Yeah, but it's so I'm gonna compare it to like Call of Duty, for instance, right? There are times where I'm playing Call of Duty and I've been playing it for so many years that like Call of Duty is the only thing that can give me that like first person quick shooter fix, right? And there are times where I'm playing terrible or I think something's glitching or maybe there's even a cheater in the lobby and I'm like, F this game, I'm out of here, I'm not playing anymore. And then like yeah. an hour later, I'm like, I want to play again. I wonder if there's a lot of that where it's just like the frustration level so high, but since like you said, there's nothing else for you to go to, you just have to come back and go, well... I just have to struggle through this experience. That's unfortunate. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that was a great way to put it. Obviously, I mean, like last week I had a incident in my race. You know, I was in qualifying and I just got kicked from the lobby. Me and five other drivers just randomly kicked from the lobby. Just... We, we, yeah, we weren't. The game wouldn't let us rejoin. You know, we got some invites from some other people in the race, but the game just didn't let us rejoin. So yeah. you know, that was our race over. We practiced multiple days a week just for nothing. It happens to other drivers as well. Some drivers, you know. There was an incident in our league where someone was leading the race like two laps ago and he got kicked out. So, you know, some, you know, really weird things can happen with that. And like I said, well, like you said, you know, most of it is just, you know, rage, kind of rage motivated. You know, people will be like, you know, I don't want to play this game anymore. And yeah. quit the game. But obviously, they still want to drive Formula 1 cars. You can't do it in, as you mentioned, Gran Turismo. So they'll just have to reluctantly, you know, start the game up again. That's... <sighs> That's an interesting situation that EA and Codemasters have then, because since they're the only available option, console specifically, of course, yeah. since they're the only option, it's like they don't even have to be better. They don't even have to fix their game. They don't even have to fix their online play. They're like, well, we're their only option, so where else are they going to go? And that's, that's unfortunate, because then it doesn't push the game forward. It doesn't push the devs to actually fix anything. Like... If you're getting problems where you're getting disconnected all the time, wouldn't you think that they would have a, a more loose system around rejoining a lobby if you've already been part of a lobby? Like, just seems... There's so many things that, that are just listed in this F1 game that just make it seem like such a frustrating game to pay 70 to to $100 yeah. for every single year, you know? And then people, people buy in it every year as well. Like, these glitches have been here, you know, quite in large quantities since F1 2021. And obviously some people say, it's kind of the same with FIFA as well. Some people just say, okay, yeah, you know, this game is really bad. I'm not going to buy the next one. But then you just have to buy it because, you know, all your friends are buying it. You know, yeah. having sometimes they'll shut the service, shut the service down for the previous game. So you're just drawn, yeah. into, drawn into buying it again. You know, maybe the first week of the game is quite good. I mean, they'll release a patch, something will break. <laughs> next week, something else will break. So like oh, you mentioned, it's just a Russian roulette. You know, what's going to happen next week? That's so frustrating. And, you know, it's kind of, you have to buy the other game. Because if you're a fan, even if you wanted to say, let's go back to F1 2020 or F1 2021, there's not really, there's not really a possibility of you doing that. Because coming yeah. from the Call of Duty world, like I said, I'm a huge fan of Call of Duty. If you go back, um, it's a little bit different right now just because of the landscape that we've had with Call of Duty. But historically speaking, when I was a console gamer, Console lobbies would die the day the next Call of Duty releases. And then you're like, well, I don't want to sit here and wait forever to get into a lobby. I want to be able to play with my friends, and I want to be able to play with the people that are, you know, they're the Call of Duty caliber that you want to play, you know, because 
there will obviously be some holdover on the old servers, but yeah. not the people that like to play, love to play, really play correctly. And especially like in sim racing, uh, racecraft is a major thing. Yeah. So a lot of the time you'll get into that old game and then the racecraft is just all over the place. People are crashing you. You want to you wanna stick with the drivers that are serious about driving and want to have the most authentic driving experience. So you have to keep up with it. Yeah, constantly. absolutely. I mean, um, obviously with all these glitches that are coming out in the game, obviously what I mentioned about the wheel um, glitch with the patch, one of my friends you know, was so desperate to play F1, he tried F1 2022, didn't work. 21 didn't work all the way down to f1 2017 where finally worked so just all day today he's been playing f1 2017 just because like wow the last like five f1 games have been affected by this um by so this glitch. so wait they released a patch for all of these f1 games just to i don't know do whatever they I, found I think it was because i can't find you know i can't really um imagine any other reason why wheels would just suddenly die out on f1 like 2019 so i'm not sure but regardless of what happened Wow. So like the last like four F1 games in the world, wheels just aren't working for some reason. So F1 2017 seems to be the sweet spot. So let's uh let's put it on the record on the podcast right now. Yeah. EA and Codemasters release a collector's edition of the game for 2023 that comes with a wheel. <laughs> and it, it says like guaranteed to work. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no, they give they give you the wheel, but like oh you need to like need to pay to assemble it. You know, EA really right. have a reputation for you know um in-game transactions so it's a it's a monthly membership so that you so that your buttons work (laughs) oh you you want to be able to hit drs oh that's a microtransaction here you go (laughs) you need yeah you need to pay for each set of tires or you want to pay if you want to use soft tires or yeah that's 10 pounds so it's just a matter of time for all these transactions take over the f1 game well hopefully the Hopefully EA and Codemasters aren't paying close attention to like iRacing as a service. Yeah. Cause I could see I could see them latching on to the the amount of money that they're making over there for tracks and for cars and and then latching on to that microtransaction structure where it's it's even more expensive. Hopefully hopefully they don't keep keep an eye over there. Ignore anything I said if we have any Codemasters or EA people that ever listened. <laughs> that would be amazing, but Oh, that's frustrating. So it is it's really frustrating, yeah. Especially like I said, for some of the, you know, drivers and, you know, like league managers for the league racing community, you know, say, you know, we set up a race for next week and then the races can't go ahead because, you know, the game just doesn't work properly. Yeah, it's not even at that point it's not even that your community's not participating, it's not that drivers aren't signing up, it's it's none of the yeah the the harder problems to deal with. You have drivers, you have people wanting to race, but all of a sudden your game just can't accommodate it. That's terrible. And yeah, it makes yeah. sense why there was a conversation about people just being like, I don't think we're going to do F1 leagues at all. And I've actually seen a couple of posts out there, um, I think two or three leagues shut down this week that have been long-running leagues, and they just go, no, we're, we're done. And, well, I mean, I, I mean, can totally, you know, understand that decision, but, you know, for Codemasters to look at the league racing community and how big it is, you know, and it's getting so severe, but leagues are shutting down, you know, they really need to do something here because, you know, it makes up such a large portion of the, you know, the, the game's community. So, and it's really important, you know, a really important part of the game as well. So if people have been forced to shut down just because the bare minimum of the game doesn't even work properly. So, <laughs> That's yeah, terrible. It's, it's something that needs to get sorted out really quickly, otherwise no leagues are going to exist in, you know, let's say a year's time. I wonder if it's partially because, so EA, obviously, they own tons of different IPs, right? Tons of different games, and they run them completely different, right? So I wonder if they're just looking at it from the wrong angle. They're looking at it from, like, this top-level view of, like, well, it doesn't matter if we don't pay attention to this stuff because uh, we have enough fans, right? Because EA, what... Don't they publish? Well, Battlefield is a bad example because that one's in the in the trash can as well. But Apex Legends is on EA, so yeah. like Apex Legends has a big enough fan base. Well, it's free to play, but it has a big enough fan base to where like people will still stick around. Sim racing is a little bit more small community. It's small community driven so much that if you drive away all these league owners, league players. You're really not going to have anything left except for, you know, Timmy who likes F1 and plays through the campaign one time and then moves it back to Call of Duty or whatever, you know? 
And yeah, that's I mean, not really going to give you the sales that you need and the longevity for a game to live beyond, I don't know, a couple of years, really, right? Yeah, they're focusing so much on, like, you know, weird features that no one really asked for. Like, this year, you know, F1 Life, and you could just imagine the amount of time that they put into that. For example, Ugh. it could have been taken away, you know, time going into fixing the online service, you know, anything like that. So as long as they just keep adding these weird features, I can just see the game just getting worse and worse and worse. When I signed in to F1 2022, and it told me about being able to purchase a supercar that you can't drive in a driving game, that made no sense to me. Why do I care about what's in my garage, in my house, in a game where I can only drive F1 car? Why, why would I care about any of the furniture in my apartment in a game that's an F1 game? Like, Sure, Grand, Th Grand Theft Auto. I care about the random stuff like that in that game because you can use it all. It's kind of like a living a second life, if you will, in a way. But like in an F1 game, I'm there for one purpose. I'm there to sit down in an F1 race car and fly around the tracks that I get to see and watch on TV and see how I do. It doesn't make any sense to have all this stuff. And you're right. Put all of that dev time into reconnecting online. Stable online connections, cross-play so that multiple consoles and PCs and Xboxes, and, well, they're into console too, they can all play together, but reliably. It doesn't make any sense to me where they're going, and it almost yeah, feels I mean, like they're going to drive this game into the ground at some yeah, point. If, if the, I didn't like, you know, like even when you mentioned launch of the game for the first time, when I did, you know, on the opening day, I was greeted by like, you know, purchase furniture, like purchase furniture what for like the only yeah. purpose of that is um when you're in a lobby it's kind of set in the host house so i mean if you really want to you know you can just flex your virtual furniture to your friends <laughs> i don't really see any other any other use of it apart from that yeah it doesn't... Sure who cares either like you mentioned you're only there for one purpose to drive an f1 car you know not to go shopping in virtual like here yeah it doesn't make it it doesn't link up with the purpose of the game well at all like absolutely not When's the last time you really cared about what was in the lobby to load into a race ever? Absolutely, absolutely never. Yeah. You know, it, it's better for them to just stick you in the garage and you can tinker around with your setups while you're sitting in there and mess yeah. with things and look at your stats, you know? Half the time when I'm sitting in a lobby, I'm not even looking at the screen. I'm like on my phone checking social network, <laughs> like just looking at Twitter or looking at Instagram, not even paying attention until all of a sudden I see the screen flash and I'm in the race. And I'm like, okay, let's go now. It doesn't make yeah, any I'm sense. Yeah, I'm the same as all, you know, all this furniture stuff, you know, maybe they put so much time into doing it, but realistically, who's going to be, who's going to be looking at it? Like, like you mentioned, you know, while I'm in the lobby, you know, I'll just be on my phone, you know, getting a, getting a quick Instagram post out, you know, not caring, you know, what sort of my friends got. It completely reeks of some guy in a suit in some office somewhere going, well, look at how much money Grand Theft Auto makes on all of these microtransactions. Look how much this other game makes on all these cosmetics. Look how much Call of Duty makes on its weapon camos, right? And they're like, how can we integrate all of that stuff into the F1 game? And they're like, oh, I know. You can have a special lobby with a supercar and a pretty couch and your clothes, all of that stuff can be microtransactions. And I just don't feel like it works, you know? It's just Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. I don't think us two, you know, the whole F1 community, you know, when it first came out, everyone was, you know, on Twitter and Instagram just saying, why? Why do yeah. we need to add virtual furniture, supercars, you know, even like, you know, purchasing outfits for your character, like, you know, nobody really cares. At the end of the day, you know, we all just want to race. We don't care, you know, what our virtual avatar looks like. You know what legitimate microtransactions for, for an F1 game are? Classic F1 cars, where you can be like, oh, I'm going to buy an old-school F1 car because I want to take it around the modern tracks. Yep. Those kind of microtransactions make a little bit more sense. At least they're in the realm of being correct, right? <laughs> yeah, just... those ones make more sense. But I mean, if like, they're adding features that people don't like, but features like classic cars that people do, like, they've removed them. We haven't had classic cars for the last two years. So, yeah. you know, they've removed classic cars, but they've added, you know, virtual furniture. I don't really see the logic there. Yeah, if they if they wanna if they wanna do a microtransaction, which obviously I would prefer no microtransactions to exist in video yeah. games, but we live in a world now where it's just the thing. And if it if it elongates the game's life, I'm actually kind of okay with it because, you know, I'd prefer to buy a game 
every five years instead of every year and get new content, like content through microtransactions would be cool. Kind of like the old days of Call of Duty where you would buy the base game and then you'd buy the map packs every couple yeah. months to add on more maps. So like an F1 game where it added classic cars, let's say you could buy a package of X, Y, or Z years Formula One cars and you can drive them on the tracks. Or you could buy the old tracks. So you could buy tracks from the 90s and then race on those tracks with tr with cars from the 90s as microtransactions. I think all of that stuff would make sense yeah, because it it's racing. So sense, yeah. And obviously it, the community would be a lot more welcoming to those sort of features than, you know, virtual furniture and avatars. But it looks like for the, for the foreseeable future, that's what, unfortunately, what we're stuck with. Yeah, and just trying to shoehorn in some some stuff that doesn't make sense. Well, hopefully, hopefully they never introduce... You, have you played FIFA before with the Ultimate Team, like, card pack yeah. thing that they do? Hopefully they never do anything like that. Um, luckily... Yeah, I've, I've seen people making, you know, like, funny concepts of that happening, you know. Honestly, I can see that happening. Yeah, so I could too. Team principal, you know, make your Ultimate Team, drive again, you know, race against some other people with your, with your team. I don't know. Maybe it would happen soon. I could see it happening more in the F1 manager game than yeah. I could in F1 the racing game. It, it almost, I hate to say it, but it almost fits very well for F1 manager where you do the, the ultimate team or the ultimate yeah. crew or whatever type thing. But uh, yeah, they just need to stop with the, the, the microtransactions that don't make sense. We all, I think we all understand at this point that microtransactions are here to stay. They just are. Yeah. It supports the game after development and for hopefully years to come, but they just have to put something that makes sense. Not the randomness that they're making us do now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, with the following the F1 World page, as you know, we really try to promote our league through that page. You know, we get so many people, admins, and, you know, working hard, you know, to get a race on the weekend and, you know, it just can't happen. The game's broken. As of right, as we're speaking now, our T3 race is happening. I know, I'm just praying that, you know, it can get <laughs> done without any issues. I'm, right. I'm hoping that I don't have to pick up my phone after this podcast and see an announcement saying, you know, the race has been red flagged because the lobby crashed. Uh, that, unfortunately, yeah, it's a regular occurrence, unfortunately. It's it's to the point where it's not surprising to you anymore, right? Yeah, You're it, just no, like, well, it isn't surprising. It yeah. happened again. Yeah, when we announced it to the drivers, we were like, well, you know, it happened last week. It's happened this week. So that would no be the most really frustrating thing because, like, do you run full length races or how long 50, are your races typically? Fifty percent with short okay. qualifying. So you take around an hour, an hour yeah. and a half. Yeah. But so when you race in a league, it's not that you just sit down that minute and do your driving and then you're off. You know, you probably yeah. sit down an hour before, get warmed up a little bit. Yeah. So it's like something in your schedule that you're legitimately excited for as well because you know if you have a chance to win you're like okay yeah let's get more points on the board or let's take the take the podium whatever and then you're just let down completely by getting red flagged because the game yeah not yeah not a good look is it for the, no uh, not a good look whatsoever yeah it's something so many leagues are having to do recently so let's switch gears a little bit and go back to kind of your instagram following so 91,000. Congratulations, by the way, because you're, Thank you. that's, that's an amazing feat. Now, if you had to give league owners and, or just content creators from the sim racing world, any tips on growing a social following, what do you think your number one tip would be? Or, you know, give us like three good tips that you think would, would be valuable for people. Well, three good tips. So number one, I would say start a TikTok account. I see a okay. lot of leagues on TikTok getting maybe, you know, 10,000 likes, you know, kind of advertising their leagues, you know, uh, you know, clean racing, you know, hard work and admin team. And then they put a link in it, um, in the caption, you know, that works quite well. So maybe TikTok, Instagram, just keep posting, post something unique, get a following. And, you know, the more of a following you have, the more people you can be able to bring into your league. The second yeah. thing is, I would say, is don't be upset or, you know, annoyed if you have a law attendance before i started this fml page i had you know just a league with a few mates that they were getting around like six drivers per race 
And then suddenly, you know, we started pumping out a lot more promotion for the league. For the next season, you know, we went straight from like 20 members in the server to 100. So, you know, we were gassed about getting like six mem- um, six people in the race a few weeks ago, but now we've got 20. So, you know, hmm. we were just beyond happy. So, you know, so some stages are a bit hard when you've got, you know, less drivers or less members. But, you know, just push through it, you know, get some promotion going for the league and eventually the growth's going to come. And maybe defer to back and give, um, join Gridfinder. Get you listed. Um, <laughs> get you listed on Gridfinder. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much for that one. Yeah, we've um, got our league listed on Gridfinder, and I, um, I asked people, you know, how many of you came from Gridfinder? At least a good like 20, 30 people. So you know, it does it does work. You know, it's not some yeah. sort of like fake advertising. So I would really recommend, yeah, getting yourself signed up to Gridfinder. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, we're trying to build it up so that it's easier to promote your league from Gridfinder. It's yeah, it's. Well, we're also trying to get to the point where Gridfinder naturally just helps you with promotion, all all those great things, which at some point we'll probably do a Sim Sundays episode like Inside Gridfinder or something like that, where we talk a little bit about our hopes and dreams about what we want to bring to the sim racing world. Uh, I have a question, though. So you mentioned your first tip was start a TikTok account, right? Yeah. Have you? Do you guys have a TikTok account? We do have a TikTok account, yeah. Yeah. So have you found it difficult to convert from TikTok over to your other channels or your, let's say, bringing people over from TikTok to your Instagram? Have you found any difficulty doing that? Where it's, it's quite like, hard, yeah, because, you know, you know, they have different, you know, it's kind of search algorithms. They have different, mm-hmm. for example, maybe different um, age um, of audience. Another big thing as well, our Instagram audience, obviously, because you have your analytics and stuff. And when I'm looking at them, I can see... We have maybe forty percent Indian followers, but in okay. um, TikTok is, is banned in India. So oh. you know that's like forty percent of our followers unable to you know in, engage with our TikTok. So that's interesting. And, yeah. Yeah. What about YouTube Shorts? Do you do any of that? We do try to do some YouTube Shorts. I remember we've had a few, maybe hundred thousand plus views, but with everything else that's going on you know we just we would like to prioritize the instagram but you definitely you can't as a creator you can't be like oh we're gonna send our content everywhere just because it's it's just not sustainable you have to be like okay we have to focus on instagram and tiktok you know these two things so that we can do those two things very very well rather than doing a bunch of things kind of mediocre right yeah that's interesting because tiktok uh TikTok's a weird thing for me. So I go back and forth where I'll have like a month where I'll just watch TikTok all the time. And then all of a sudden, like, I don't know if I get burnt out or something. And then I just won't watch it for another month. And then it's always back and forth, back and forth. And it's kind of this weird. My mindset is way different when I'm on TikTok than when I'm on Instagram and way different than when I'm on YouTube. Do you find yourself when you're browsing for content personally that you like... For me, for instance, YouTube is where I go to learn things. Instagram is where I go to connect with brands typically and and see, you know, what's going on with the big brands that I follow. And then TikTok is just like a guilty pleasure. Like I'm sitting in a waiting room at the dentist and I'm just like, whatever, like nothing. I'm not absorbing anything. I'm not learning anything. I'm just doom scrolling, if you will. Do you find yourself to have specific mindsets for specific platforms yeah definitely on tiktok um what you mentioned you know it's just an endless cycle you know you you can just scroll forever forever and it just doesn't stop you know you could you have to stop yourself yeah. the app won't stop you so you know it just brainwashes you in a way you know you just keep scrolling and scrolling until either you know you get bored or you know until your phone dies so <laughs> it really is just an endless cycle yep it's interesting because i feel I feel like TikTok has changed YouTube viewership as well. So yeah. it feels like the attention span of people is shrinking day by day. And it's, I feel like I want to blame it on like Instagram reels and TikTok because here's a funny thing that happens with me. I'll be looking at TikTok, right? And then naturally you're like expecting 20 to 30 seconds. But and then all of a yeah. sudden you're like, wait, how long have I been watching this, this video? And then you see the little bar at the bottom that's like not even a quarter of the way through. You're like, no, I'm not watching that. No, I don't care how good no, this content is. It's too yeah. long. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, some videos, you know, you really just expect them to get to that to point really quickly. You know, if someone's watching a video and they delete, not to something, it's took three minutes. 
I was like, you know, I'm bored. Not even three minutes, maybe like 30 seconds. We haven't got to the main point, you know, I'm just off the video. And what you yeah. mentioned about, you know, some tips for social media, definitely that's something I would recommend. If you have, you know, a point to make in your video, get to it quickly. The longer Instantly. you take, yeah, people are just going to get bored and scroll. Oh, the, one of the worst experiences, well, not one of, many times some of the worst experiences I have on YouTube is when I'm, because I'm, I'm there to learn something, right? <clears throat> so I search for whatever it is that I'm looking to learn. And naturally, thousands and thousands and thousands of videos pop up and, and I'm like, okay, whatever, let's start at the top. Yeah. And then I sit there and for the first 45 seconds of the video, it's like, oh, like me on Instagram, follow me over here, like and subscribe, hit the bell for notifications, blah, blah. I'm like, please, can we just like, Get, I know how YouTube works. If I like your channel, I will naturally subscribe and then I will hit yeah. like if the video is good. Maybe I'll forget. Who knows, right? But it's at the point now where it's really irritating. I skip forward instantly. I don't even watch the intros anymore. I just, yeah. I skip to like yeah. the, to the point of the video. Yeah, like 25 seconds in or 30 seconds in, I try to skip there. And if they're not there yet, I skip forward again. YouTube did that great thing where it shows the gap like the graph yeah. where it's like oh this is the most watched portion and i'm like oh that's obviously where they actually talk about what yeah. i want to know click so the way that content has kind of evolved over time is just like man just get to the point you know get there so one of the the things that you can take from that in in your i guess fourth tip of get to the point is yeah do all your promotions at the end when someone's finally done and they go, okay, that was a good video, do all your promotions at the end, right? And I wonder, I'm very curious to see, at some point we need to get a, a big league owner on the show and see how they use YouTube and TikTok and everything. So when you started TikTok, did you instantly get a bunch of your Instagram followers over there? Or did you start from zero and not really like cross promote? How did you- Oh no, we, yeah, we put up a, like alert on our Instagram and I did go say, yeah, you know, come follow us. And begin like maybe a thousand followers in a few days so you know okay the easy route but definitely it does help obviously if you have maybe cross platforms you can just bring your you know maybe your main audience over to x platform that you're going to start yeah yeah that that makes sense and you know that's because i used to be in the streaming world a lot and that was like the number one recommendation for the last three years yeah use a more discoverable platform to grow your audience on discoverable platform right so it completely makes sense. But you said an interesting number there. So you have 91,000 Instagram followers. You did an yeah. announcement and said, go follow us over on TikTok. And you said you got about 1,000 yeah. from that initial post? Yeah. Yeah. And obviously when you compare like 91,000 to 1,000, that's not that many people. So, you know, what you mentioned about promotions, like coming from my perspective, if someone told me, follow my TikTok, you know, nine times out of 10, I wouldn't, you know, most yeah. of the times you don't really listen to these promotions. So. It's just about how many people you can bring over, but you know, most of the time it isn't that many. That's something that that league owners could actually consider because how fast you personally? So you're scrolling on Instagram. We'll just take Instagram for example. Yeah. How fast do you think you're able to recognize a promotional ad post from someone you follow and then just turn off and skip it? Maybe about five to ten seconds. Uh, it's thirty, maybe. Obviously, yeah. You it's like really, really fast, fast, right? Uh, it's like yeah. Boom the format of the post and you can just tell you know oh go and follow you know formula one merch yep promotion skip you know yep. on to the next one it's you have to now you can't just blindly promote and drop uh we'll say like self-promotion channels in discord i don't know if your discord has one but we recently removed ours from the Gridfinder discord because we identified the fact that people aren't going to the Gridfinder discord to go find someone to watch their stream or whatever it may yeah. be right you almost have to hide advertising now in something that feels like real content you can't just promote anymore yeah. promotions kind of got a bad name over the course of time and now people are so used to seeing promotions they turn off their mind instantaneously and like you said five to ten seconds that's not enough time for any message to get across except for the fact that you're like oh promotion Pff, goodbye <laughs> that's insane so how yeah. does f1 wow grow their following 
now knowing that it's so hard to promote just in general. Yeah, I mean, what you really need to do, you need to just look for something unique that someone hasn't posted. Like most Formula One pages, you know, go to Reddit to have something posted. So if you, you look at the, you know, top R slash Formula One posts for the day, nine times out of ten, you're 10 or 20 F1 pages already posted it. So you need to find things, you know, that haven't been posted. You need to be unique, especially when you started out. Um, Maybe I would say the first 10,000 followers is the hardest to get because at that point, you don't have anything going for you. So you need to really try to be unique. What I mentioned about my old page, about like F1 on boards, no one was really doing that. So you need to, at least for the first 10,000, get something unique going for you. And by once you've hit 10,000, then maybe you can relax yourself a bit and be like, okay, yeah, you know, I can post whatever. But definitely the first 10,000, you need you think outside the box. You need know, like a... wanting to follow you for a reason. You need that niche, if you will. Yeah, that, absolutely. That's something, yeah. that unique selling point that makes your page the page to pay attention to. And then, like you said, once you get to 10,000 people and people like your content, then you can branch out a little bit and yeah. widen the, uh, the, the subject matter a little bit. So F1 Onboards... How much did you, or do you even like the the new kel- helmet cam that they have inside their helmet? Yeah, I, I think it's quite good. Obviously, it gives you a real feel for, you know, what the drive is doing in real time and just what it looks like, you know, to be in racing conditions in the driver's seat. So I think it's a quite cool feature to find. It's probably one of my favorite cams, especially there was that one race where, where Leclerc was going up the main straight and he, you, you could tell he didn't switch up to eighth gear because he was bringing Verstappen in so that Verstappen could pass and then he could pass him right again. Yeah. Just that kind of strategy. You don't get that kind of stuff from like the top on top of the F1 car view and all that. Cause you saw him checking his mirrors. He didn't shift up to eighth and like, it was just a really interesting thing to see. And I like that it's all shaky and like, it's not perfect video. It kind of gives yeah. it more of a feel like, Oh wow, this is really exciting. Because yeah, if it was it crystal shows. clear and smooth, you're like, meh, whatever, it's just another camera. Yeah, it just shows, like, obviously the condition of the cars, especially, you know, during the first start of the season, you know, when people had their helmet cameras, you know, they did oh, the just... down the street, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it gives you a real idea of, you know, how hard it's to drive the cars, you know, how harsh, you know, the, like, suspension is on it. So, yeah, it's quite good, you know. It really gives the fans an idea of, you know, what it is like to be there in the driver's seat. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of it. it it's definitely a an interesting perspective and like i said i'm glad they didn't go with like crystal clear stable stabilized as much as possible i'm I'm glad it's just like a raw kind of garbage yeah. camera feed and and we just see it it's fabulous when you watch f1 so you're you're overseas you're not in the u.s no so I'm you you have like you have sky sports right yes so we don't have that over here and I have to subscribe in order to watch all the races. I have to subscribe to the the F one premium like thing. F one TV. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Yeah. Now, have you ever seen an F one TV broadcast? No. Have you ever? Because oh, there are times in the F one TV broadcast where they're saying Sky Sports saw one angle, you yeah. guys saw this other angle. Now, I'm very curious which. Which is better? I wish we had Sky Sports over here. I mean, technically, I can like VPN and do all the crazy stuff, but yeah, it feels like your guys' F one coverage is just so much better than ours over here. Yeah, it is quite good, but you know, especially you know when Crofty tells you know if you're a Sky Q customer, you know, press the red button, so it does get you know those promote like you mentioned about promotions. He has to he has to do that promotion every single race, every single session, you know, press the red button if you're a Sky Q customer, at least like five times during the race. <laughs> and you, can, you just know when it's going to come, you know, you know, cover your ears, you know. It's just on. Don't want to hear that again. Yeah. That's interesting. There's less promotion on F1 TV, that's for sure. Like, I don't think there's really any commercial breaks now that I'm thinking about it. Either that or I'm so good at tuning them out, my memory doesn't even, rem- like, remember commercial breaks, but I'm pretty it, sure it's just... I think it's constant coverage, but I am paying yeah. for a premium, so it yeah. Well, if you pay for it, you know that's what you expect, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So today's race, who do you think is going to win? Well, I think it's going to be 
quite close race. I mean, I'm just hoping it's an exciting race because, you know, an exciting race, you know, means more content for the Instagram. I'm always sat there, you know, <laughs> on, on the sofa, you know, my phone within an arm's reach, you know, for example, oh, this happens crash, you know, quickly, quickly grab my phone, type up a caption, you know, I need like, to get this phone. as quickly. fast as... Yeah, yeah. So I've always got it, you know, within an within arm's reach. So whenever something excited happens, quickly grab the phone, post something on Instagram. Be the first person to post it. If you're the first person to post something, you know, that's even you'll get the majority of the likes because, you know, right. the, um, people have seen it first on your page. So it is a battle with other pages to, you know, to get these, these um, sort of posts out as quickly as you can. Do you find that since you're, like you said, always the phone is always within arm's reach, you're always trying to yeah. come up with content during the race. Do you find that you watch the races differently than you probably would if you were just kind of casually being an F1 fan? Yeah, definitely. I always, you know, watch the races to find something that, to sort my mind, you know, for example, if, you know, Magnuson spun, I'd remember that and say, you know, I can make a meme about, a meme about that later on. So it's definitely mm-hmm. not a lot more, you know, kind of analytical, you know, finding okay. things that you know are going to make good content later on in the week. So definitely, you know, compared to a casual, you know, we're thinking, thinking a lot more. And, you know, like I mentioned, just having a phone there ready in case something happens. That's interesting because it, it kind of reminds me of, I used to play, um, well, I'm going to say football, but it's American football. So, you know, the, yeah. the football that they play with their hands, that football. Yeah, football. <laughs> yeah, right. And I used to play fantasy where, you know, you pick a team just like, a, actually, yeah. just like Grid Rival, which Grid Finder has a Grid Rival league yeah, that's going. I'm in fourth place right now. <laughs> but uh, I, I noticed that when I did play fantasy, I watched the games in a much different way, so much so that I didn't really enjoy them as much, to be honest. Because I was I was always worried about how my player was doing, how my defense yeah. was doing, you know, how how my team is gonna shape up for the championship of the fantasy league. And it made it feel not like work work, but it, it made it feel more like work than it was to just generally enjoy the game. And do you feel that at all that you watch f1 and you're kind of like man i just wish i could sit back and enjoy it and not worry about any of the posting or anything like that do you ever does that ever run through your mind yeah obviously most of the time i'm just thinking about what i can post you know for example maybe if hamilton's leading the race by 30 seconds obviously i know this is going to be an exciting race so i know that i'm gonna have to think harder to get some content out because you know there is no battle for the lead for example so really i'm just trying to think about you know just absolutely anything that we can post because if you know right. especially after the race once people have finished the race you know where's the one place that people are going to go after the race is finished to social media so you know once the race is finished we get like five or six posts out but you know if the race is boring we don't have anything to post so we really do just have to just think just what you can post at all so i wonder do you feel that it's better for your social media account if it's a boring race and you have to come up with really unique posts or do you feel like it's better if it's like an exciting race and you're competing with the rest of the f1 social media accounts out there to get the news out first which one do you feel is better for your following probably like an exciting race definitely like abu dhabi last year that was you know absolute madness so much you know in that race and you know you're just competing against you know page x page, page y just to get these things out as soon as you can so definitely an exciting race would be better because you just so many things that happen you remember that you know yeah i can post this but you know if it was a boring race you know you yeah. might not be able to get something out as soon as the race has finished which you know is the time where like most of our followers are going to be active during the week so you're actively making posts as things are happening you're not like scheduling them and doing doing like a social media management position kind of a thing right no no i make them when it happens so say you know if i'm watching a race and you know Verstappen's engine's caught fire and you know he's retired from the leader race quickly you know take a screenshot of you know their live feed and post it on instagram so no i you know yeah most pages yeah we do make it in real time and like i mentioned you know it's just a battle against page x page y to make sure that you can get it out first I bet you, <clears throat> so I bet you, you as F1 WoW, you're yeah. competing with like a collection of people that are sitting in, in like a media room on their computers, like typing away at content. And you're just, you're just over there going, nope, screenshot that, post this yeah, all by yourself. Sat, sat there myself watching the race, yeah. I well mean, done, I'd, I'd, sir. I'd like to think that, yeah. <laughs> you're like, I'm beating you corporate media people. <laughs> so... 
if you get a post out, let's say we'll use an engine fire, whatever, right? Engine yeah. fire happens, you post. How do you know if you're the first person? How do um, you know? Yeah, because like I mentioned before, a lot of the F1 kind of pages, you know, have a big community. So most of them follow each other. So, you know, you just refresh your feed a few times. If you don't, if you don't see anything about that, you know, you know that you were, you know, towards like the earlier pack of people who posted it. So obviously say if you open Instagram to post it and it's already all over, you know, you know that you just missed your chance. So at that time, there's just no really point in posting it anyway. Say if you miss it by five minutes. That was actually yeah, not posted at all. Yeah. That was going to be my next question is if you, if you go there, refresh your feed, see basically exactly what you were going to post. Is there a threshold for like, if there's one, sure, I'll post it. If there's two, I'm probably not going to post it. Is there a threshold to where you kind of give up on the idea of that specific post? Yeah, definitely. Say, you know, if I see five people who posted the same thing, you know, what's the point of posting it? Because say, you know, someone, for example, who probably, who follows page X may also follow us. And if page X is posted it first, you know, and we're going to post it later, you know, they've already seen it on page X. So it's not going to do too well on our, um, on our account. Especially if it's a, a much bigger page, or say a page of a million followers is posted something. There's no point in us posting it, I would say, because they're going to get the majority of the engagement. So we're right. only going to get, you know, a small slice of it. Right. And that's interesting. So I lost my next question because that one, you kind of nailed, nailed the answer there. Uh, if you, if you go on there and you post something, do you ever refresh and then realize that you kind of missed the boat, but that's still okay? Cause you know, there are some times where I know that in order to follow, I don't know, in order to follow F1, we'll just use this since we're talking about yeah. it. In order to follow F1, there's a collection of pages that that you should probably have in your list. But those pages are more corporate-driven. It feels a little bit more like advertising half the time. And a page like yours is a little bit better. So don't you think that maybe you reshare it anyways? And and do you guys ever like reshare each other's posts? So if you see, okay, this this thing's been shared five or posted five times by five different outlets, do you ever just like I guess for lack of a better term, retweet it and say, okay, well, they Sometimes, got it first. Yeah, it, yeah, if it's a really big thing and we've missed it, you know, it'd be best just to further we'll say, if, you know, Verstappen dramatically lost the title and say we were five minutes late to it. You know, I think at that situation, it's best to just post it anyway because, if you you know, it's such a big thing that happened, especially, say, what you mentioned about um sharing other people's posts. It's kind of like a, in the community, it's kind of like a gentleman's agreement. So say if, you know, paid X has posted something and they've made it, and if you want to post it, you know, it's fine for you to post it, but, you know, you need to, you know, um, credit the person for it. Okay. So, yeah, that's kind of, you know, um, a sign of respect in the community. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I, so I wonder if some league owners kind of do the same thing, where obviously there's a bunch of leagues out there competing kind of for the same driver market, really. Yeah. You know, um, it's you're competing for the, the eyes and attention of F1 fans, whereas an F1 league is competing for the signups and the time of these drivers, right? So I wonder yeah. if there's like that gen general gentleman's agreement among other sim racing leagues that it's like, well, unfortunately we don't run something on Wednesday, but this other league does run something on retweet that for them since they run yeah. on Wednesdays. And no, we absolutely. One of my close friends runs the league on a Friday. So originally, you know, we were going to have a, you know, tier one, our race weekend start from Friday, Saturday and Sunday. We were going to have tier one at eight o'clock, but, you know, which is when my friend runs his league. So, you know, kind of, you know, respectful towards one another because um, his league shares members of our league. So, you know, we don't want to, you know, make people choose if they want to race in League X or our league. So we decided to make our weekend just Saturday or Sunday, you know, so he can, you know, operate his league and people in our league who are in his can race as well. Because, you know, the last thing you want to do is, you know, make people choose between two different leagues because, you know, could um, make a conflict between two separate yeah. parties. Kind of similar to how we didn't want to make people have to choose Sim Sunday's podcast or watching the the GP today, so yeah, <laughs> we moved around a little bit and we're a little earlier. Yeah. You know, that's someday I hope to be able to build an Instagram or any following on any channel up to even like twenty five percent of what you have going on there. Do you have any big plans uh, for when you hit a hundred k? Because it. Based on the numbers, it seems like you're you're gonna hit 100k. Yeah, um, myself and the um, second admin admin of the page, because yeah, we do have two admins on the page, obviously, because one's from India, 
and myself from the UK. So, you know, he posts, you know, kind of in Indian time. So, you know, and our post in British time. So, you know, yeah, we do cater mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of both sides of our following, which I think is quite good to have two people, you know, two minds, two sets of ideas. So I think it's quite good to, you know, work together in a team with him. But um, what you mentioned about, um, wait, what did you mention again? I'm very sorry. 100K, a, a big celebration. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're trying to push for um, 100,000 by the end of the year. You know, maybe okay. fly him over to the UK for a party. But yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what we're going to do. We need we need to get there first. But, you know, before the end of the year, definitely, I think it's possible. And, you know, it'll be a real achievement. Because, you know, if you imagine like 100,000 people, that's more people than can fit inside some, you know, football stadium. So yeah. just imagine, you know, 100,000 people turn up at your front door to watch what you're doing. You know, right, right. Yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good example football stadium so you're standing in the middle of the stadium and that's a hundred thousand people just in the stands yeah. all watching what you're doing and that's that's yeah. pretty insane well done yeah. especially for some you know smaller creators you know being upset you know oh, i only have a thousand followers like i said you know if you just imagine a thousand people turn up at your door to watch what you're doing you know it's a lot of people so especially for some small creators you know see through that you know hard ten thousand. you know don't be kind of upset that you have um well, a I lot think... of followers so when you're talking about small creators and being a little bit disappointed in, in maybe their, their numbers, if you think about it, we've probably all seen a school auditorium, right? Like just yeah. the, the stage where a high school maybe does a, um, a play, you know, whatever, in public schooling. Those only hold like 250 people. And they yeah, seem and so huge. Especially, yeah, when, you know, for example, the whole school's there for an assembly, you know, you can hear all the crowds, you know, of a crowd talking yeah it feels like so many people and like you mentioned you know that's only 200 that's you know for example you know my following like 90,000 you know that's only a really small percentage so yeah just to put it into perspective you know and as well for some smaller creators who maybe are annoyed by not having that many followers regardless you know it is a lot of people watching what you're doing so I mean realistically even a hundred people is yeah a lot of people that are specifically paying attention to you yeah you know pretty cool yeah, but definitely for under thousand, you know, maybe have a little fun for a party or something. Um, but one thing that we would like to do as well, I'm not sure if you're aware, but we work with some real racing drivers. What we mm. did for the 2022 season, we worked with Alex Dunn, the British Formula Four champion. So okay. obviously, yeah, his next steps for the next season haven't confirmed yet. We do hope maybe that he could get into a Formula Three with his current team, High Tech. So okay. maybe if, you know, we can celebrate 100,000 and celebrate, you know, continuing our work for another year, that would be great because, yeah, it's been great for us to work with him. And, uh, you know, I can hope that he's really enjoyed working with us as well. That's very cool. That's very cool. You guys going to Sim Racing Expo in December? Um, I applied for accreditation to go there as kind of an influencer. I haven't heard anything back yet, but, you know, to go there would be great, you know, to see the good finder team racing, to get some, you know, um, great content of the sim racing world you know hopefully yeah it'll be a great opportunity so i'm just waiting for for that reply email right i'm just i'm excited because i'm actually going to be going overseas and and attending i'm just excited to meet some of the creators that i've talked to through sim sundays because you know me being overseas in the u.s i don't get to go to the smaller events or anything like that or the even the meetups that that we at Gridfinder have had at times so it's just going to be a really cool event for me to go and be able to be around the sim racing world over there. Because you know what's interesting is there's not a lot, at least around me in the United States, there's not a lot of sim racing stuff going on. Of course, in like Orlando and over in California and stuff, there's things going on. But in my area in Ohio, not really much going on. So it's going to be really cool to just be around other sim racers and other people that are making content. Yeah for sim racing i hope to see you there that would be amazing yeah i hope to see you there as well it'd be great to you know kind of get a little grid finder meetup going yeah it definitely will we're gonna we're actually gonna be there and uh we're gonna do small interviews and things like that and yeah we're nothing is announced yet on everything that that we plan to do so keep an eye out on on our socials but uh you know we're about wrapped up with with our hour do you have anything that you want to share for the audience out there to you know go follow him on obviously f1 wow on instagram where else should they follow you uh on twitch tiktok 
just any platform that you can think of. Obviously, you know, like I mentioned before, make sure to get yourselves um signed to Grid Fine as well. And obviously, you know, thank you for having me on here. I've really enjoyed the hour. Yeah, this has been a been a great show. And and you know what? The final question I have for you. What does the wow portion of F1 wow stand for? Does it stand for something? Uh, wowing the audience, I can assume. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show. This was a great conversation. And, you know, we wanted to make sure that we wrapped it up in plenty of time so that people yeah. could go watch the pre-show for the GP and watch the GP and all that stuff. If you're not following F1 wow on Instagram, you probably want to. He's hoping for, obviously, an exciting race today, right? And yeah, absolutely. Now, now I'm going to like, every single time I look at Instagram, I'm going to be like, is F1 WoW first? <laughs> That's what <laughs> we can know. hope for today, hopefully. Right, right. Well, I re really appreciate it. Do you have a Twitch schedule where people can, can say hi to you? Or do you just kind of... Uh, yeah, we stream our league races um, Saturday and Sunday around 6 to 8 p.m. Saturday and Sunday. That's when our league races. So, you know, if you Very ever cool. want to join, you ever want to watch the races, you know, just tune into the F1 WoW Twitch on the, on the evening, Saturday and Sunday. Awesome. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience, sir? Um, I think that's about it. I think we finished in good time, you know, very close that's to, about the, it. to the race. So it gives people cool. a chance to, you know, get themselves ready for what I hope to be an exciting race. Right, right. Well, we're going to sign off for the day. If you'd like to join in on some just miscellaneous conversation during the GP, go ahead and join the GridFinder Discord gridfinder.com slash discord and of course we're gridfinder all over the place so if you just search for gridfinder out there and while you're doing that also search for f1 wow and give him a follow on any social platform we will see you guys next week this episode will be available if you missed anything next next sunday on all podcast services but uh, other than that thanks for being here yep, and we'll see you, you next week hey this is chris from gridfinder thanks for listening to the sim sundays podcast Head on over to gridfinder.com to find your spot on the grid and join sim racing leagues for all your favorite games. Just enter your preferred game, car of choice, then let us know if you'd like to race PC, Xbox, or PlayStation, and we'll give you a list of actively recruiting leagues for you to join. And if you're a league owner, post your league on Gridfinder so that you run with a full grid for every race. If you'd like to participate in the races featured in each episode of the Sim Sundays podcast, join our Discord server by going to gridfinder.com discord. We host a new car and track combo every Sunday at 8 p.m. UK time and stream it live to our YouTube channel. If you're looking to upgrade your sim rig, visit the episode sponsor Track Racer at trackracer.com. Thanks for being here.